the ideas and content in this podcast are our own and do not reflect the views or opinions of any current or previous employees. Practice pays because that was perfect. Well, we've done like <laughs> we're going on thirty podcasts now. I think this is twenty nine, twenty nine, thirty, something like that. I don't know. Don't, don't the important the part is that we're just about to break forty thousand downloads. Awesome, which awesome. is huge, 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 huge. Yes. With great reviews, except for like one. Hate that guy. Yeah. Um, well, he gave fine. one star, no comments. So that guy <laughs> can go to hell. <laughs> I actually got a. Uh, I got a. Uh, somebody reached out to me. I think it was on LinkedIn. And hopefully she's listening. She's a student. She's a construction management student. And she sent me this profanity-laced review. And she's like, F that guy. And I loved it. I loved it. I was like, this is my people right here. Hilarious. So, and then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> this chick's a construction management student somewhere. <laughs> but it was great. It was you're, great. You're built for the field, girl. Um, all right. So today's format is going to be a little bit different because we're talking. We're starting the first on a series of trades. Um, before we jump into that, I just want to talk a little bit about Phil Ogilby. He was on the show, the last show, as a matter uh-huh. of fact. He's the CEO of Stack Construction Technology. So, Stack, if you didn't listen to the last episode, first of all, shame on you. You need to go back and listen to it. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, but Stack is a, a cloud-based pre-construction solution that actually allows you to do faster, more accurate takeoffs, collaborate with your teams, so you can actually, as plans change or specs changes you can immediately alert your team so if they're in the field they're going to get it um like i said it's, it's completely cloud-based so you don't have to download anything they can just reach it as long as they've got wi-fi service or you know whatever internet they can jump on review the plans um we were talking last time about the library so i actually jumped on um to do an estimate of siting yeah because we had a windstorm i don't know if you guys were aware but it ripped some of the siding off my house dude i built stuff for a living <laughs> Right. I'm aware. <laughs> so I actually did a takeoff. It was super easy. You know, I was able to put the dimensions of the house in there. It eliminated the windows. Super accurate. I sent it to a siding contractor. I'm going to have to beat him up a little bit on the price. But um, I'm was, sure he'll be very respectful. I'll be very respectful. It was super quick. And it was super easy to use. And that was the thing that really got me because, you know, if I've sat down with really complicated construction uh, programs and tried to... Learn them really quick. And if you're you're running a small business, man, you don't have time to sit there and spend, you know, a month learning something. You need sure. to be able to pick it up quick and just run with it. And Stack was super easy to use. So anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. Check it out. You can go to the website, stackct.com. You can download a free version of it or you can have a, create an account for a free trial version of it. Check it out. You're going to love it. Um, yeah, it's good anyway, stuff. It's good stuff. I mean, stuff. We, we talked about it the last podcast. It sounds like the best idea that that guy needed desperately when he was running his roofing company yeah. and how it can work for everybody who does anything in this industry, especially trade partners. You got it. And the fact that he was a roofer is awesome because anybody that's done trade work gets it. Mm-hmm. They know how difficult it can be and the demands that we put on these, these trade partners. Yeah, and you come up short or heavy, I mean, you're, you're going you're gonna to lose money because you either have material that you've paid for you can't use or you don't have enough and you're spending twice as much to go get you finished. You got it. You, know? you got it. Anyway, go check out stack.com, uh, stackct.com. Check it out. You will not regret it. So we have a guest today, and uh, this guest is a friend of ours, 
and uh, I'm glad to have him here. It's uh, Mitch from HDS. Um, they're a drywall and paint company. We used them with our company in two states now yep recently congratulations on your yeah. new state <laughs> thank you <laughs> congratulations long time coming yeah definitely so so one of the reasons we wanted to start our trade series with you mitch is because i'm sure jason will back this up you'll probably back this up too but you know paint and drywall doesn't matter whether it's residential or commercial that is probably the most abused trade partner out there because when you need, when you've got, you're, you're getting to that finish line, regardless as to whether or not the construction manager has scheduled you to come in, they need you. They're going to call you up. They're going to demand that you show up, mm-hmm. drop everything yep. else, get in here. And that puts a yeah. huge burden on, uh, on, on our trade partners. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of coordination and, you know, getting all the pieces in the right places at the right time. It's definitely a challenge, for sure. For sure. Why, why, don't, you start, why don't you tell us a little bit about HDS? So HDS has been in my family since the late 70s. My father took over from the previous owner at that point, um, and he's been running it ever since, and I've been heavily involved for the last 11 or 12 years now, and we're growing, expanding, and becoming more advanced every year. Hey, did you want to get involved with it when you were younger? Honestly, I did not. Um, I, I was involved. I, I started scrapping drywall when I was uh, awesome. 13 or 14 years old, and I moved on to hanging, finishing, and point up from there. And awesome. I've, I've done a little bit of everything over over all my years. Well, I bet that actually getting your hands dirty, getting there and do it, gives you a greater appreciation for the people that actually work for you. Oh, much greater. Um, yeah. I am terrible at it. Um, <laughs> these guys are artists. Us too. <laughs> ah, Let me tell you, I did. Uh, I recently had a leak in my house because my house just leaks. It's it's like Swiss cheese. Anyway, it's another here or there. But I, I, I cut four holes, three in the wall, one in the ceiling. Dude, we had people over for Thanksgiving. It was embarrassing. You're like, what's this? Yeah. It's like, don't even look at it. It's, it looks Did like... You just paint over the tape? No, it looks like... Dude, it looks like... It looks... I just can't... I'm not good at drywall, man. I can do all kinds of stuff, but I cannot do drywall. It's totally... Well, not unrelated, but... I, I was a body technician in high school working yeah. on cars. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar techniques. Sp- slapping Bondo on so much like drywall. But also terrible at drywall. I don't know why. I think I should be good at it. I've fixed plenty of cars. Dude, I learned in the Navy how to fix air structures. You know, they'd be like, here's a piece of metal right. with a bullet hole in it. Make it disappear. You're like, no problem. <laughs> Done. But give me some drywall. Yeah. Forget it. Fix a light socket, man. It looks like a big lump in the wall. Yeah. Right I think the was. real trick with the drywall is that you're you're really creating the illusion of flatness because drywall is never actually flat, you know. You're, you've it's got not. two flat sheets of drywall and I, then you're filling That's what I'm going to tell my wife. With tape and mud, so obviously it's going to be higher than the sheet itself. Right, that's, I, dude. That's what I'm, I'm going to say, honey. No, it's an illusion of flat. Yeah. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't mind all those lumps. Yeah, no, this isn't terrible work. It's just an illusion. It's an illusion yeah. of terrible work. Yeah, you don't suck at drywall. You're just a drywall magician. That's it. So, so anyway, so with um, with uh, with your company. So how do you? So first of all. How do you manage just your the demand, just your your everyday demand of your production schedule? Because I know you're all over the place. You're from multiple builders. How do you coordinate um, just your production? Well, we use a series of layers in terms of our personnel that kind of helps us coordinate everything more easily. We've got our office people, which is me and a few other guys doing bids, estimates, the initial orders for all material, and then... Below us, we've got our field superintendents who schedule all the labor to take care of the job from hangers, finishers, sanders, 
And then below them, we've got a, a layer of foremen that um, take care of all of the hourly men scheduling. So point-ups, customer services, that type of thing. We, we've got a foreman that handles all of that in the field. They might get a little bit of help from one of our office people to, mm-hmm. to get it on the schedule. But at the end of the day, it comes down to him being on the site and getting men in that house. So how many people do you have actually managing your schedules? Um, 10 or 11. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Okay, I got, I got one I wanted to ask. How many construction managers, now how many builders are you working for right now? Big builders? Big, big builders. Four Just or five. Four or five big we, builders. We probably work for 20 or 30 smaller custom-sized guys. Yeah. Okay, so just guess at it because i know you can't hit this on the head but how many superintendent construction manager you know (laughs) construction leaders for these builders are calling your guys 50 to 60 it's a lot it's a lot to manage for sure that's that's a lot because you think about like how hard it is with 30 sets of customers when you're on the building end when you're on the delivering these homes you're like oh i have 30 customers it's so much i mean your guys have 50 Oh yeah, and yeah. and they're all like hothead construction types, yeah, like, yeah. and they all want their work done right now, right now, yeah. ahead of everybody else. Yeah. yeah. So what did you always have that was like? Did you guys have to scale up when you when you first got involved with the company? What you didn't have twelve people doing? No. When I first got involved, it was my father, uh, his vice president, and then we had our three foremen in the our superintendents in the field managing okay. everything. We we didn't have the second layer of job site foremen. We didn't have a customer service manager. We, we didn't have any of that. Was... So how did you, like, when, what made the determination? How were you, like, when, were you guys just sitting around one yeah. day and you're like, oh, we're super busy. We need to hire some people. Or were you like, you know what, we need to plan for growth. How, how did that come about? It was a little bit of both. We, we kind of saw the writing on the wall that customer service was growing, expanding, evolving, becoming a, a much larger part of our business. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, homeowner expectations, scopes of work, varying things. Are and homeowners demanding? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> I'll just check it. <laughs> so, but, so you scaled up to from nothing to 10 or 12 schedulers? Yeah. Um, the guys in the field don't schedule so much as they receive the schedule from the office and from the superintendents, and then they distribute that to the actual boots on the ground, my, my hourly men. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so we'll generate the customer service schedule from whatever requests we get from our builders in the office. That get, gets distributed to the superintendents and uh, the foreman, and then they you know figure so, out who needs to be where. So how do you get it to we use software online. It's, it's all online-based software that uh, allows us to schedule just about anything we want. With this one website, we have five or six different calendars for anything from customer service to birthdays and vacations. And whenever a task is scheduled, whoever's associated with that task gets an email when we generate the task. And then they get another one either the day before or an hour before the task starts <laughs> as a nice little reminder. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And it's worked out. It's made life much easier. Pre- what were you doing before you did that? We were handing the superintendents a piece of paper in the office, and then they'd go and it had their list it of out. things to do for the day. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's adapted wow. quickly. Oh, How long yeah. ago was that? Yesterday. Uh, probably three or four years. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. That's a big deal. It is a big deal, man. Yeah. You know. You know. So technology has made a huge impact on your business. Yeah, we've we've picked up a lot of little 
bits of technology along the way that have made lives our lives a lot easier. Um, scheduling, and you were talking about Stack earlier. I I've been using that for the last two or three years. And oh, hold on to that. We're going to talk about that. In a second. <laughs> I, because I think that's that might have awesome. been the breakthrough it's, of this afternoon. It's increased no my productivity personally because I do a lot of our bidding and estimating, and I can turn around a, a, a large bid in a day where it used to take me a week. So what, what's, what do you call it? What's a large bid? An, an entire community with six or seven house types. And you can do that in a day using Stack? If nobody bothers me, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure nobody bothers yeah. you. <laughs> can I tell you how Stack has made my life a little bit harder? How's that? You're going to love this. Because when I was a project manager, mm-hmm. I used to be able to budget for custom options And I could put whatever I wanted in for paint and drywall. And it would pay, and it would happen, and that (laughs) would just be the end of it. And then Mitch came into my life. (laughs) And he'd be like, dude, you shorted me $214 on this house. And I'm like, nah, And he's like, yeah, huh? And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, let me tell you, I've seen the emails he sends out. He's like, the following communities owe me money. I'm like, delete. (laughs) So that's cool. So so you do do all the estimating for the company or no? Not all of it. I do a large portion of it. Um, Mainly the production work. I like to take care of that because the options can get pretty complicated and when you're consistently coming up short on options it costs a lot of money yeah yeah it costs a lot of money so when you say options like you're talking about like additional rooms or finished basements things like that yeah anything above and beyond what your base house structure would give you you know a sunroom a rec room a bedroom in the basement any of that how do you handle that if you do miss uh an option what i mean i assume most of the builders are pretty good to work with or how does that work some of them are good. Some aren't so great. Um, yeah. Usually they're understanding, but there are definitely circumstances where builders look at me and say, well, it was your takeoff. Yeah. yeah, no, I get it. And, you know, yeah. because, you know, I mean, we always talk about our budgets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once that budget is set, it's super tough yeah. to have somebody come back to you and say, hey, by the way, I missed $5,000 worth of options. Give mm-hmm. me some money. Yeah. You know, because there's your profit. It's gone. Oh, yeah. So, but it, the flip side to that is, if you miss that option, your profit's gone. Yes. You still have to do the work. Yes. Oh man, that stuff. And yeah. is that um, pretty? Is it a pretty easy tool to uh, to not miss? Uh, it's extremely easy. Awesome. I mean, when you load the plans in, it will name your pages for you. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And so I had a, a demo of it the other day. I was super impressed. Yeah. So because I mean, how do you how do you upload the plans? It's very simple. You go in there, create a new project, click upload, and drag and drop your PDF in there. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I watched this. I watched the preview of um, how a stack works, um, and it was so easy. They took a PDF, threw it in there, and it labeled. Like it just it searches. I guess yeah. it has some kind of mechanism where it searches for the page numbers and the description on the page, and gives you like an index right next to it. So you can just go straight to what you're looking for, or you can search. Like if you want to know how many uh, outlets are in a house. You can just type in outlet count or whatever, and there it is. Nice. Pretty badass. That is pretty so, badass. Yeah, it's really nice. You know what? On, I used to, I, I owned my own general contracting company a while ago. Mm-hmm. Dude, I hated people would come to me and be like, hey, I want to do whatever. And I'd be like, sure, no problem. Because I never said no. I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I would sit down. Because <laughs> you I, were hungry. I was hungry for work. <laughs> and I would, uh, I would do everything with a, you know, a scale, yeah. pencil, and graph paper. Yeah. Yep. Oh. And 10% uh, fluff. Yeah. Just, just because Dude, you know you made yeah, mistakes when, somewhere. Dude, when I started doing drywall, that's how I did it. Right. A scale and a pencil. Oh my god, it's but brutal. I man. can't think I can't tell you how many times 
and I think that the basement finishing is one of the things with the production builder that, mm -hmm. especially with your trade with drywall and paint in general, um, gets it gets off because we like to finish additional space in bedroom in basements. Yeah, the lower levels are like the one that kills it because mm -hmm. all the stuff upstairs or on the second floor, all those are book options. Right. But then usually we have a bathroom and a finished area in a basement, and then we have the option when you have an extension to a house or a sunroom or any of these places that are new space in your basement. Yeah. There's no yeah. option for finishing that. So that's like a one-off, take-off type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, we were – somebody's carrying two sheets at a time down the stairs because we <laughs> you know the drywall company didn't have the right takeoff yeah so yeah. that hasn't happened in a couple of years i mean I, I gotta be honest since we started working with hds it's been really great well they probably got burned a couple of times yeah and then said we gotta fix this like yeah. most <laughs> experienced contractors do yeah. yeah so how'd your dad trick you into running this company huh he didn't have to do too much. Um, I, when I got out of school, I came home and I was looking for something to do. And it just so happened that we had a big contract with um, a builder that works with the military to do 1,100 off-base housing units for Langley Air Force Base. Cool. Wow. Awesome. So he shipped me down there and I spent four and a half years there building 1,100 units. Wow. Wow. That was my first real taste of management. I was going to say, I thought your dad said, hey... Mitch, you can either keep scrapping these houses out, or you can come into the office. And you were like, "Let me get the dust off my shirt." I just heard a podcast right the other day about how Davy Crockett's dad used to make wild bets, and then eventually sent him to work on someone's farm for a couple of years to repay one of his debts. It's not anything like that, right? No. Um, <laughs> so, so one of the big things we were talking about. So, the, one of the reasons we really wanted to have you on the show is because we were, we want to talk about customer service, right? Sure. So, how do you, you know, so we talked about you know how you estimate and how you manage your your day to day production. But how do you manage the demand from your customers for when they are, are screaming about instant service? You know, how do you how do you deal with that? That is a tough one, and it it is constantly a problem that we have to deal with day to day. Um, I I actually recently hired a customer service rep specifically to handle situations like that because you know we've got our regularly scheduled customer services where we go in at the ten month, eleven month, twelve month point and touch up just about anything the homeowners want yeah. within my scope of work. Sure. And <laughs> and then on top of that, we have to deal with the fire drills and the the 30 days and the 90 days and all these little walks that builders like to give their homeowners to make them feel warm and fuzzy. So for the uninitiated, 30 days and 90 days refer to um, scheduled maintenance on, on finished products. So mm -hmm. they'll go in 30 days after it settles, 90 days after it's scheduled, <laughs> typically 11 months, things like that. Yeah, I wonder about like... You have scheduled work days on the job site for our construction managers or superintendents. Um, and a lot of times you'll come in and you'll do your final. And then you think, I'm assuming you'll think you're done in that house. And then you get that call like, hey, I need eight hours worth of work right now for tomorrow morning. And I know it's <laughs> noon, but like... Does that customer service rep that you've got in the field only work on settled homes, or are they also putting out fires during the production process? She only works on settled homes. Okay. Um, when it comes to the fire drills like that in the production process, we kind of put that back on my superintendents and foremen. Uh, they are the direct connection to all the manpower in the field. They can, you know, shift. Say we've got three guys doing a point up in lot 350. Mm -hmm. They'll pull one out to handle the fire drill and, okay. you know, tell the other two guys, well, you're getting a little bit of overtime tonight. Do you, do you train them for that? Or do you, I mean, how do you, uh, 
Because I, I got to tell you, um, I don't think I've ever had an issue with one of your foremen. Um, when I was a CM in the field, I'd call him up. I'm sure I was just as you know irresponsible as everybody else, and I'd call him <laughs> up and say, "Hey, you got to get over. I got to do it right now." I don't think I ever had a problem with a guy. It was almost like they had because I always make the joke. It's like when I'm training CMs, I'm like, "Look, our trade contractors do not have." Drywall finishers and painters, <clears throat> excuse me, hanging in a closet. You can just pull them out and send them to your house. Yeah. You know, you but gotta yet, be. But yet, when you call, they always seem to show but up. Like, how is that? Is there a van full of guys out yeah. there on so the job? It, it's hard. We to, don't know about. It's hard to say that and then have right. you know a contractor like HDS mm-hmm. is like, oh yeah, no problem. We'll take care of it. Right. <laughs> so how do you? I mean, how do you? What do you tell your guys about it? You tell them. You give them like parameters. I I really don't. Um, they. They do pretty well managing themselves. Um, I, I give them a lot of credit for just being responsible human beings and taking pride in their work. And, you know, we take care of our men pretty well. So when we ask them to work overtime or work a Saturday, they're, they're typically pretty happy to do it. That's good. I'm, I'm top it out. I'm sure they like the money. So yeah, I mean, that money, doesn't hurt. money usually helps. That, that's a good motivator. Right. Yeah. Okay. It turns out that's yeah. why we're all here. So what I mean, you... not here because, because I make zero right. money here. Right. Whatever. <laughs> you got a pair of pants, dude. Come on. Um, actually, Mitch, you were a winner, too, at the, uh, yeah, the live event. I did. I came to pants. vanish. How you like those pants you wear? They're comfy, yeah. They're the best. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. the best. they're pretty badass. I know. Um, so we're actually going to do another live event. Um, because I looked at my calendar and I was like, what is this opening? So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I look forward to you talking about it for six months first. So we are going to do another live event, not at Vanish. I think it's a cool place, but the, the timing was no good just because people can't get there. Yeah. So I'd like to do it somewhere. I'm not even sure where If you guys have any suggestions. Let me know. Yeah. Come on. But, uh, someplace that's easier to get to because you know, 15 is, is it's, it was just too tough. Um, but anyway, we'll talk about that in the future <laughs> once I work out the details. Um, anyway, so so that that's great, you know, because I feel like when I've worked with your people in the past, they've got they've got a mindset for quality. They're like, you know, I want to put out the best product I can put out for you know the company and for the builders that I work for. And I wonder if you. If how you foster that with your employees, or if that's just something they're coming with, like when you're doing the interview process, you pick up on a certain thing. Like, how do you get them to to do that? I think it's more just repetition. We've kind of beaten it into their heads that you know it's it's a much more egregious offense to me to be called out to a house because of poor quality than it is yeah. for me to have to pay you overtime. I'd I'd much rather you do it right and take extra time than do it wrong and. Force me to come out there and you're still taking extra why the time. house looks terrible. Right. Yeah. yeah, you're still taking extra. Yeah, time. yeah. No, that's good. That's yeah. good because I'm telling you, I, I've seen, I've seen um, poor quality, um, and when there's poor quality, I mean, it's so our customers. That's like the number one thing they see. They don't see, you know, a plumbing a plumbing pipe that's not glued. I mean, they'll see it eventually, <laughs> but they don't see it right away when they come out and you present the product yeah. to them. Yeah. I mean, what they see is drywall and paint yeah. across the board. And I remind my guys of that fact constantly. Yeah, you know, eighty percent of what that homeowner's looking at is our work. It yeah. better better be right. Right, yeah. and they seem to understand that. Yeah. At least the majority of them do. I will say too, the the folks that work for you are genuinely like happy to do it usually have a great yeah. attitude yeah. they're excited you know that they're even when we have issues no problem no problem we'll get on it we'll make sure that it's squared away i mean and there's been times where you know i walk out to a situation it happened a few months ago actually with mitch and i and i came out you know to to a 
final inspection on a model that we were at, and Mitch had a stern brow and all of his foreman and <laughs> all of the painters in the house. And I was like, uh-oh, somebody's getting, somebody's getting in trouble. And, you know, it was it was minor. It wasn't it wasn't serious stuff. But This is when was, you showed up? You walked when up. I showed up, Mitch was already there. Oh, and so I was everybody you. that works for Mitch. And awesome. They, and they were all like, no problem, like making notes, blue tape, getting it done. And then the following day, we were right back in business. So, so. did you so, – so you're a younger guy. Yeah. Um, when you were put in a position of authority with the company, did you, how did you, I guess you had already been doing the work, but how did you, how did you gain the respect of the people that work? Because they were working for your dad, so they were probably like, who's this kid? It, it definitely wasn't immediate. Um, yeah. it, it took some time, and a lot of it came down to me asking them their opinion on issues. Like, how would you best fix this? How do you think we should do this? Awesome. Yeah, they it, they seem to respect that that mm-hmm. that I was acknowledging that they knew more than me. Right. Yeah. And Get their from there in. we just we just continued to grow as I learned from them. Awesome. I continue to apply. That's it a and, great answer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I rely on my men as much as they rely on me, if not Dude, more. Let me tell you, I was in the field the other day with a seasoned CM, and we had a contractor was rattling off something, and I answered, and my <laughs> my CM was like, "Hey, uh, no." <laughs> and corrected me and I looked at it and I was like oh yeah you're right yeah. and it, it dawned on me you know as much as uh, as much time as I spent in the field as a CM it's not my day to day now man tell me about it so there are some things that you know you, you uh, forget and it's awesome to acknowledge the, the knowledge and experience of the people that are actually doing it all the time um, because there is definitely if it's somebody that cares about their job man they've got a knowledge base well think about it like mm-hmm. this when, when you're a manager your boss gives empowers you and your people like the guys that are on our level what do you think we should do with this guys how are we going to handle this okay that's a good point no i don't think you should do it like that because of this reason yes that's a good point what do you think and yeah now everybody's buy-in is there now now when i leave that meeting i feel like man this is partly my decision i feel good about this so that is just a basic developmental way to like get everybody's approval you know use the knowledge that from, from the people that work for you. I'm sure it's yeah. no different with any trade, let alone construction management in general, right? Well, you know, I know when I worked, I worked for my dad when I was a teenager. Um, that sounds terrible. They hated me. I was the worst. <laughs> I was the worst. I was like, my daddy owns the place. I was the worst. Um, Love it. So, you know, we'd come to work all hungover and be like, well, I'll be in the back sleeping. Let me know when, you know, yeah. lunchtime. It's terrible. That wasn't me. It was my brother. Oh, Jake was like, <laughs> hard worker. And I'm like, Bleh. Hung over again. Anyway, yeah, another thing. Yeah, I, I always so. tried to avoid that type of attitude because I knew that they were going to resent me because of who I was. 100%. And, right, and I knew that I had to earn that respect and that trust. And, you know, that was my only goal. I, I wanted to not distance myself from my dad's legacy because mm-hmm. he's a great guy. He's a great businessman. He's, yep. He knows so much mm-hmm. that I could only hope to one day know as much as he does. But I didn't want to be Mark's son. Right. No, I get it. No, yeah, I, get I, I wanted yep. to be Mitch. So I did everything I could to make my own reputation and build respect myself. Yeah. Not just because he told them to respect me, but because they actually wanted to. Let me tell you, you can tell. So when you when you come across a family-owned business, there's tons of them out there. Um, you can always tell when someone kind of expects the respect because they're somebody's child um and the ones that are actually out there earning it um, because they they don't want to just 
um, rest on the legacy their their parent built. They want their own legacy, and we have several uh, trade partners that are like that. And you can tell I can rattle them off. Um, they're going to have to sponsor the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a. Uh, I mean, you can always tell. You know, I mean, there's a couple in particular that I know that I would are my go-to trade partners. Right. Yeah. I'm their family-owned companies, mm-hmm. but I know that if I call the son or the daughter, um, they're more than just the legacy of their parent. They're creating their own. Yeah. And it really shows in the quality of the work. Um, and honestly, that's how companies grow to be, you know, 20, 30, 50, 60, 70 years in right. business versus the one that as soon as the, the primary, you know, business owner retires, the business just fizzles out. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's awesome. So, I mean, you're building a legacy of your own. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it, it all started with him holding me accountable. I mean, anytime I screwed up, he was jumping down my throat. It wasn't a, don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point, too, though, because, you know, there's so many guys in this industry, in all parts of the industry, that are like, oh, I don't want to work here. The guy's an asshole. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not going to do it. But let's face it, like, don't get me wrong. There's some people that you're just, they're just never going to be nice and yeah. they're miserable, but sometimes a little tough love and insisting on a certain level of quality or a certain management style. There's nothing wrong with that no. provided that you back it up with, you know, hard work and yeah. you know, the results will follow. Yeah, yeah, dude, you get the respect and you'll win more jobs. Right. And, yeah. and let's put it this way. HDS is one of those companies that like I insist on. Like yeah. I don't want to work with anybody else because I know what to expect. Well, and it's funny you say that, man. Because as soon as I left the air, the area, I was like, oh, this is what poor quality looks like, right? <laughs> right. I mean, look, you know, I've worked with a whole bunch of different drywall and paint companies. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 a different ball game. Mm-hmm. So you have to. Work okay, so your product goes in halfway through the process of building a new home, and then it's painted, you know, shortly after, and then a whole bunch of other work happens, and then you're expected to come in and make everything look perfect at the last minute. And I know we usually separate it into a number of draws, and and there's ways that we can hold you accountable for the work at the different stages. But how do you how do you deal with the other trade partners and their, you know, how their mistakes and their work and all that stuff, um, you know, applies to what you have to come back and fix. Are, are you talking about when they turn his work into Swiss cheese? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the one time I saw that a sewer clean out wasn't exposed in the basement. They forgot to cut around it. So the plumber literally just walked with his hammer and just nailed oh. 25 holes in a row <laughs> until he found the stack. Was it a precision hammer? No. <laughs> it probably wasn't even his hammer. <laughs> Let yeah, me borrow right. that for a second. Yeah, how do you deal with that? I mean, yeah, how do you deal with that? Like, I mean, I'm sure it's hard not to get frustrated with them and in, char- in turn charge the builder, let's say, for your inconvenience. Or well, on order. one hand, it's partly just part of the animal. You know, fixing other trades' damage is part of my job. And mm-hmm. Right. As such, I build some of that into my budget. When I when I price jobs, I know I'm going to spend X number of hours touching up small dings and dents from trim carpenters, appliance guys, mm-hmm. countertops, cabinets, sure. all that. Now, when you start cutting holes left and right to find something that's not where it should be, or when you open a hole with a hammer, that's when I have to start looking at you with my hand out saying, all right, you're going to have to pay me for this. Yeah, this that, that wall damaged. was finished, and it looked great. And yeah. now I have to patch it. 
Oh, that's right. when we pass the savings along. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, does that give you the opportunity to build that in to your estimates? See, I don't actually use the budget function of Stack. I use it for the takeoffs and the estimates, okay. but I, I've actually built myself a budget bid sheet through Excel Okay. where it's three pages. The first page is the bid sheet I send out to the builder. The second page is the stock sheet, which I would send to my supplier as if I were stocking that house today. And the third sheet is my actual budget sheet. Gotcha. So all I have to do is fill in the stock sheet as if I was stocking the house. Page three automatically pulls those quantities into my budget sheet. Right calculates all my accessories, my labor, and all that, and spits me out a price. I don't know if you know this or not, but Stack will actually spit you out um, estimates in Excel. I do know that. Okay. And, and I would be using it, but I had designed this Excel sheet before I got into Stack. Throw that Excel sh- sheet in the trash and start using Stack all <laughs> the like time. like four years of hard work. <laughs> Just kidding. Just that's, kidding. that's what it comes down to. He's like, but I built that spreadsheet myself. I know, right? And I'm comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if you had to, um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit, but if you had to give some advice to um, to like, an, uh, like a startup paint and drywall company, right? You had to give them something that they could hold on to that would help them build their company. What would that, what would that advice be? Pick a different trade. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Learn it's, computers. Uh, yeah. it's just patience. I mean, you're going to deal with a lot of the same issues on a day-to-day basis. You're going to have a lot of the same arguments with construction managers and project managers. You're going to have a lot of the same problems with homeowners. And you just got to be patient. You, mm. you have to understand that a lot of people don't really understand the drywall and paint process. And they're not going to. They don't, they don't care enough to don't understand care. it. Yeah. I don't even and care. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't want my uncle to see it. That's what they think. You got to be patient. You got to be somewhat reasonable and fair. Yeah. Especially with when it comes to other trade partners. Because if you continuously hand them big bills, you're going to get one too. So, right. Yeah, no, that's true. So patience, that's a good, that's sage advice right there, my man. Yeah. So I, I think that goes for... Uh, Everybody in the construction industry, yeah. because it, there, I can tell you, there have been times where I've lost my patience, and it gets ugly. Yeah, and on on top of that, you got to be patient because you can't expect to make a fortune on your first job. Yeah, it's it's you're not going to make a fortune doing drywall and paint. You're not. Well, that's the thing. You're not going to make a fortune doing anything if you think if you go into it with a mindset. And I don't want to get off on a tangent, but if you go into any venture like that with the mindset that you're going to be rich immediately, you will end up broke very quickly. Yeah. So it takes patience. Yep. So good for you. That's, that's sage advice. All right, let's wrap this up. So um, I failed to mention the greatest website of all time earlier in the beginning of Weird. the uh, podcast. That's buildertactics.com. Go check it out. Um, the manual's still on there. I have a listener. I owe you the review of your resume. I apologize. You know who you are. If you're still listening or you're just mad at me, I don't know. But I'll get it to you. <laughs> I'll get it to you uh, probably this week. Um, so check it out we have uh, some shirts and sweatshirts you can buy with, with different logos on them uh, it's great stuff it goes to support the show check out stackct.com um, it just happened to be a bonus Mitch walked in here we started talking about Stack and he was like hey I use that program awesome I, um, I know it sounded staged but I, it totally was oh my god it totally was <laughs> staged but I'm, that's legit yeah, I'll, I'll put my it. reputation on the line and say that I was not lying I that love is, that software that is it's really good. cool it's awesome. um, anyway so ch- uh, check out the, the website um, there's a ton of information on the blog uh, all the estimating that we talked about a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. it's all on there all the formulas um, tips and tricks on how to properly estimate volume area you know 
two by four, two by six walls, whatever, stone, concrete. Um, go check it out. Uh, and until next time, I think that's all we got. Thanks for coming out, bitch.